Hello, welcome back to Scoops, episode four, season two, cruising right along here. Happy to be with you. I'm your host, Mr. Thomas. And Miss Post. Uh, coming up to you live, Mr. T's birthday this week. Uh, might already pass by the time you listen to this, but we're not going to say how old I'm turning. I'm getting old, man. You know, I feel like I'm, I know I'm in the prime of my, my life, but I feel like I'm just getting old, you know, far, farther, farther and farther away from the college age demographic. What's your biggest hope for this next year of life? Uh, I don't think that answer needs to be said on air. Mm, okay. But, uh, I guess, I don't know, Buckeyes National Championship, I suppose. But I don't know, just trying to continue to grow, you know, serve, serve the Lord. And I don't know, you know, I feel like when you're in, I feel like in, when you're out of college until you're married, it's kind of the same stage of life. So I feel like mm-hmm. I'm still 24, 25, but you know, maybe that's just how it goes. I don't know. Mr. G is not 24, 25. What are you saying? <laughs> So rude to me. Just letting the listeners know. Anyway, great show tonight. This one you've all been waiting for for a year plus. Climate change episode. Going to talk about climate, all things climate change, uh, the hysteria behind it, the quote-unquote green economy, everything like that, carbon-free world, everything like that. I'm um, excited to get into that. Also make some picks, of course. Uh, great weekend of football last weekend, as always. There's no bad weekends of football. Let me flat out. No bad mm-hmm. weekends of football. College was a little dull, not too many good games. Um, NFL was great. Cowboys beat the Bengals by three. Bengals 0-2, one of the three teams I predicted would bust. Raiders, second team out of three. They're also 0-2. Cardinals beat the Raiders, so they're 1-1. One one. My three teams I predicted to bust. Uh, Dolphins, huge comeback on the Ravens. Browns, epic choke chop. A uh, friend of the program, Phil. Uh, shout out to Phil and my boy Ferd and my pick'em. Uh, you know, they're going to have to take some wellness days this week. Call in sick for a few days. Brown's just an epic failure. Um, I mean, it, it, I literally, when the when the kicker mixed, missed the extra point to put him up 14, I said, why couldn't he miss this last week? Thinking it was over. And then give up a long pass to the Jets, give up an onside kick, give up another touchdown. It's, I mean, only in Cleveland. Only in Cleveland. It was it was, it was just glorious. I'm sorry, Phil. You're my boy, my brother. But you just can't, you can't replicate Cleveland's failure, man. I mean, the, the, it's just awesome. But Brown Steelers this week will pick that game here soon. I'll actually be in Columbus, Ohio for the Buckeyes game against Wisconsin. So a great birthday present there. Buckeyes should roll, but it's a high-quality opponent. So you always want to go to a game like that. Uh, Chiefs, Colts, NFL, Bang- or Cowboys, Giants, Monday Night Football. So, again, no bad week in the football here. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that, Miss Post? Mm. Looking forward to seeing some teams win that lost last week. Like your Bengals and your Colts, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, great show though. Let's let's start with some college picks here. Then we we'll get into the climate change discussion. Uh, so let's go here. The noon window, some big games. Let's start with uh, Missouri at Auburn. Auburn just waxed by Penn State at home. Missouri waxed by Kansas State the week before on the road. Two scrub teams. I have Auburn picked in my blog. Pick them just because they're at home, and I think they suck a little bit less. But I mean, they looked horrible against Penn State. So I'm gonna say Auburn. What do you say? I'm gonna go with Auburn as well. The, what, what I know is true in this game is Tigers win. Uh, transition here, Florida at Tennessee. So Tennessee's only won once since 2004. That was six years ago, 2016. Florida scraped by South Florida. Really has looked bad since beating Utah. Tennessee's looked pretty good. Big win over Pitt. I'll go Tennessee at home, Rocky Top. You know, I, I never even sold on them. I think they've been overrated for about 15 years. Um, but they actually, they're, they're doing pretty well. So I'll go with the Vols here. Going with the Vols as well. I think that home... Home field advantage might help them pull through. Let's go Clemson-Wake. So in my initial preseason predictions, I had Clemson losing to Wake. Then Wake's quarterback was out for a while, so I, I backed off that pick. Wake's, quarter, Wake's quarterback is back. This will be his third week starting. Uh, so I'm actually going to go Wake. I think Wake in the upset. I think Clemson is a great team, but their offense is still not very good. Wake's at home. Great quarterback, Sam Hartman. Even the Demon Deacons. I think I might follow you on this one too, Mr. T. I love it. Great minds think alike. Uh, this should be a great game at, at noon on ABC. Uh, let's get into Arkansas versus A&M in Arlington, Texas. Arkansas, this is kind of their coming out party last year. A&M, of course, back in the top 20 after beating Miami. Good win against Miami at home. Still lost to Appalachian State at home. We needed a Hail Mary to beat Troy. Uh, I need to say, oh, you, who are you picking this post? I pick A&M on this one. I don't know. Sometimes that the, those hard losses start stoking your fire. Very wise. Very start, wise. And you can come back. I'm still picking Arkansas, go, Arkansas, though, but that's a great – you're right, that does happen. Uh, should be a great game, 7 o'clock ESPN. 
USC, Oregon State, uh, 9.30, Pac-12 Network. I have DirecTV, not even DirecTV has the Pac-12 Network. So that kind of mm-hmm. shows how minimal their reach is, probably why USC is leaving. Mm-hmm. But I'm going upset. I'm going Oregon State at home, the fake OSU. Um, I think Oregon State will win. They're, they're, they're a good team. They've looked good so far this year. Tough place to play USC back on the road. Uh, give me the Beavers. I might go USC on this one. Safe pick, safe mm-hmm. pick. All right, uh, IU at Cincinnati. IU somehow 3-0. Uh, scraping by these scrub teams, but they are three and zero. Cincinnati lost Arkansas, still pretty solid two and one. Oh, who are you liking that one, Miss Post? Going with Cincinnati. This is our first. Uh, I use first road game, so I feel like that's just going to be really tough for them. I don't think they're going to pull through on that one. Yeah, we'll see. It should be a good game. Uh, I got to go Cincinnati as well. I just think they're a better team. IU. I mean, I, I, I they're a Big Ten school. As Ohio State fan, I root for Big Ten besides Michigan, obviously, um, and Iowa, but. Uh, IU is not is they're not good. They need to be humbled. I think they will against Cincinnati. Um, Notre Dame at UNC. Notre Dame first win last week against Cal. UNC three and zero, struggling though. It's an interesting schedule for UNC. Two road games at App State at Georgia State. You don't see that very often. Uh, this one is at home though. I'm I'm taking the Tar Heels at home. Notre Dame they're not very good. So give me UNC all day. Going with UNC as well. Go Heels, MJ baby. Also. Let's wrap up with this. So, first time ever, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky are all 3-0 in football. Wow. How about that? Basketball powerhouse wow. is 3-0 in football. Duke, Kansas could be the game of the week in Lawrence. I'm actually going Duke. Kansas is favored by seven, which is surprising. But Duke beat Northwestern on the road, who we found out is terrible. But I think Duke I think Duke is more ready to win, you know, in the spotlight, quote-unquote, than Kansas. So, I'm going with the Blue Devils. I'm going with Kansas on this one. Home team, you know, I like that. I suppose I'll, 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 I'll regret it a lot if I don't pick the home team in this one, but I'm going to go with Duke either way. Uh, all right, so now the moment we're all waiting for, well, I guess we need to pick Wisconsin-Ohio State or no? What well, do you think? Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Buckeyes, obviously, at home. Yeah, I'm going with them as well. They Sorry should roll. Okay, Miss Post does love Bucky, that's true. I do have, Bucky. I do have a Bucky. I don't know Still why. Do. She's not even a Badger grad, but. No. <laughs> whatever. No. Alleg- allegedly, he's pure. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> but let's get, let's get to the good stuff here. Had a lot of requests this week and comments about climate change. I think it's going to be awesome. A great show. I was doing research for about an hour and a half in the studio last night just to finalize things. Got a long notes tab here. Miss um, Wilson, when, when you hear climate change, what do you what do you think? Fake news. Fake news. Wow. Care to elaborate on that? Mm. I feel like it's it gets more hype in every episode of the news. Well, not episode, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like every news segment, there's always something about climate change. There's always something about climate change. So maybe my word shouldn't be fake news. It should be over overplayed or something like that. Apocalyptic. Amen. You know, five, six years ago, I guess six or seven years ago now, uh, you know, as back when I was – my initial entry into political sphere of being intrigued by – I don't want to say I was a climate change denier, but I was very skeptical of all the claims being made. You know, and then I kind of just went away from it for a few years. Since I became a big data guy a couple of years ago, you know, I've really thought about this issue, this issue a lot more. And short of COVID or or alleged systemic racism, I feel like climate change is the issue I know the most about, um, just based on research and what I've seen and what, and what I've learned. Um, so, you know, let's start off. I, I personally will not say it's a hoax. I mean, I, I think it's it's hoax is a strong word, has a lot of connotations, Um First off, obviously the climate is changing. Okay, it's changed every single day since the world was made. However long ago that was, people were like, oh, 13 billion years ago, 4.6 billion years ago. I think 4.6 is the alleged accepted number. Who cares? I don't really care how old the earth is. Mm-hmm. But it's changed every, every day since then. Okay. And so, and if you're asking me if I think humans have contributed to it, obviously. I mean, again, I talk about not being live phobic on this show. You know, January 6th, insurrection with no weapons. So going back to that mindset of being live phobic, obviously, like, if you think about all the pollution that's been that occurred in industrial revolution and things like that, obviously that has an effect on the climate and the atmosphere. Now, with that being said, again, ice used to cover the whole Earth. So is this unprecedented climate change? Is it? Is it? Um, uh, is it? Has it only happened since humans started burning fossil fuels? No, of course not. Again, it's always changing, and there's and the biggest thing is too. There's many contributions to what to why the climate is climate has changed and constantly is changing. 
there's no it's so ignorant and arrogant to say that like only human activity changes the climate like how complex is something like climate patterns weather patterns atmospheric science things like that and then to say like oh a diesel truck is contributing to the to the downfall of the planet i mean it's just it's just ridiculous so again as you said in this post it all matters in context so we'll start with some guiding questions here that i that i wrote down okay so Let's just say, as, as a friend of the program, Jacob, Jacob said earlier tonight at dinner, he said, you know, let, even if I accept the, presence that, the premise that climate change is the end of the world, right, well, what does that mean? Okay. In addition to that question, what can be done about it, right? So let's just, let's look at one thing here first. So first off, it, the, there's, no, there's, no bigger, there's no bigger sense of virtue signaling than in the climate lobby, Right. You know, you can be like a mass murderer, but if you drive an electric car, then you're like, you're an idol in, 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 mm-hmm. in progressive mindset. Okay. Literally, I read a great article last week in the journal, basically saying like the Queen, Queen Elizabeth's virtues of honor, respect, humility, things like that are the exact opposite of Dave's virtues. Because Dave's virtues are all about like, it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you like support the agenda of alphabet mafia, uh, climate change. Like as long as you do that, you can be, do whatever you want pretty much. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... There's no bigger virtue signaling than that. But it's also interesting to me that the same, the same people that allegedly, allegedly, you know, cause the destruction of the earth, humans, okay, all of a sudden can be the ones that just, just, just stop, just stop burning fossil It's just like racism, right? It's just like, oh, just like, just be kind, be kind. If we're just all kind, we can end racism. It's like, yeah, first off, no shit. But is that really what's going to happen? Is that realistic? And people be like, oh, just, just a Bible thumper. But even if you don't believe in God or the concept of sin, the same people that deny the existence of God are the same ones that are like, oh, humans are such shitty people. Which is like, yeah, no shit. That's the whole point of the concept of sin. But regardless, can those same shitty people who cause the destruction of the earth just all of a sudden stop doing it? Just just lock arms and, and drive an electric car and and use solar panels to heat their whole homes? I mean, what are we talking about here? We, we, we'll never be able to unite. <laughs> Exactly. I'm sorry, that's a sad thought, but like, world peace is just not going to exist in this fallen world. Yeah, exactly. So to act like the same people that cause this issue and every other issue on, in, in the history of the world can all of a sudden just be like, oh, we're just going to stop now, flip the switch. Like, what are you even talking about? Okay, I mean, it's just a joke. And not only that, but as you just said, never going to unite. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but like if every country was like the United States or Europe with their developed economy mm-hmm. and wealth and resources, then we probably could make more of a net in climate change. We, there's no way. But again, it's hurting those countries. Exactly. To have exactly. to get accustomed to this new lifestyle. It's kind of like, Oh, back when um, they were pulling out of what was that? Iraq. Yeah. And basically they, they hadn't even given the people real weapons. They just told them about, like, what was it, like, gender equality? and Oh, Afghanistan last year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Afghanistan, <laughs> yeah. It's like you just gave them a bunch of liberal propaganda that's going to make no impact in their lives. That's a great point in this post. No exactly. actual, like, strategies. And that's kind of the same thing of, like, these electric cars. Like, everyone's probably out there like, uh, that's not what we need. <laughs> exactly. We would like a car. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the, the exact point is, and you just said it, countries like China and India and countries in Africa that are developing, why would, they're, they're doing what the U.S. did 150 years ago with the Industrial Revolution. They're, they're trying to create a booming economy because what creates energy security? Economic security. What creates political security? Economic security. What creates better health outcomes? Economic security. So again, uh, like it's, to say like, oh, like we have to ban fossil fuels. It's like, okay, so thousands more will die from poverty or hunger or using dung as energy like they do in Africa, but we'll, we'll allegedly save the planet. Like, even if you say climate's an existential threat, does that really make sense to have other people die from other causes that's not mm-hmm. quote unquote climate related loss? Mm-hmm. They're I mean, sacrificing those people exactly. in order to save others. Exactly. Climate change policies hurt the poor the most mm-hmm. by far because, again, they don't have the resources to transition to a, the quote-unquote green economy. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And that's exactly right. And, and you know, we used to joke last year on this program that COVID was a new climate change. And it's true because, again, look at the COVID policies, right? It's mm-hmm. like, no COVID deaths ever. Die from overdoses, but don't die from COVID. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing here, right? Again, so if if it saves a few Americans' lives because they, they – uh, they can get a bigger solar panel that's reliable. They don't care if it kills thousands, hundreds of thousands in Africa because they're using dung for heat or burning wood or don't have any food because they don't have energy independence or energy at all. So again, again, typical progressivism where, typical progressivism where, uh, their their alleged good ideas in practice or alleged good ideas in theory end up being unfeasible in practice stupid and really don't do anything at all and of course hurt the people they allegedly came to protect in the name of environmental justice which no one knows what that means anyway any thoughts on that miss post no i don't so so again let's continue on that concept of climate change as an existential threat it's it's the end of the world like i saw a great article when the supreme court struck down the the um Clean Air Act extension that Biden tried to get through, you know, the EPA's authority. And the headline that the journal was mocking said that the Supreme Court takes on planet Earth. So again, first off, obviously very dramatic, as we know. But second, if climate change is such an existential threat, why don't people support nuclear? If someone comes up to you and says, you know, climate change is, is, is the biggest threat to society today, ask them, say, do you support nuclear energy? If the answer is no, then you know that they're not really in support of improving the climate because nuclear is a lot safer and more reliable than um not a lot safer a lot safer than fossil fuels in terms of the environment and a hell of a lot more reliable than the quote-unquote green economy so ask them that question if they if they're a big climate change person say hey do you support nuclear energy if they say no you know they're just in it for the for the green lobby or to virtue signal which is true happens a lot now let's get back to let's what is the what is the quote-unquote green economy what does that mean okay Let's look at California, for example, the alleged liberal utopia in the world. Okay, so they want to go. They want to ban electric cars. They want to get. Or they want to ban gas-powered cars. They they have this, you know, these solar panels, things like that. But what happens? They have to. They have to have rolling blackouts because their grid fails. So again, instead of having green energy, they have no energy. Why? Because green energy is not reliable and it's not. It's not available in abundance. They don't have a lot of it. So. Again, instead of having green energy, they have no energy. Then they rely on coal and gas, which has to work harder, which means – and then, then they blame that for failing when it wasn't even they, – they, they shut it down and didn't use it right in the first place. So and look, same thing in Europe, right? Germany went, was trying to go green. Now they have to rely on Russian oil and gas. Smart. And then th- that the, the fossil fuels have to work harder to use, which means they uh, – it's more expensive, takes them longer to warm up, things like that, because then they weren't prepared to use them because they tried to go green. It wasn't reliable, shocking. So, what, and, and going back to the uh, underdeveloped countries, or undeveloped, underdeveloped countries, right? What do they need? Reliable, cheap, abundant energy, none of which renewables provide, okay? You need to be able to heat your homes. You need to be able to keep your homes cool. You need reliable energy to uh, cook your food to work, things like that. So again, if green energy could do that, great, but it doesn't, just like it didn't for the U.S. 150 years ago. So what's happening is, again, these countries are not just going to stay poor or kill their own children from dung because you want to allegedly save the planet by by buying a Tesla and making them buy a Tesla too. And if you look at that too, what's happening? China China is moving into these countries and investing in them, providing them with economic lifeline Instead of the U.S., because China is trying to continue to build their build their brand, so to speak, and, and build their uh, power, whereas the U.S. is too busy lecturing about what what other countries are doing wrong by not going green. So again, think about the geopolitical implication. Even if you say climate change is the biggest threat to humanity, you really want to give up our power because because you're trying to virtue signal about climate, whereas China is going and helping them out because again, every country needs energy and energy to survive. What are your thoughts on that, Ms. Post? I don't know. I don't have much to say at this point. I mean, it's, 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 again, you're seeing all the different things that go into it, right? So let's, let's go to some, let's go to some data here, okay? I even made a special screenshot album for this podcast. 
I moved some over from my environment album to get it. Okay. So let's discuss the amount of energy that's actually used and why this whole concept that even if you go green or the U.S. goes green, it's really not going to make a difference. Okay. Because what happens is the amount of energy that needs to be used is only going to get bigger and bigger as these countries develop. Right. Because again, you need energy to live. Okay. So let me see I can pull it up here. Thank you for your patience. It's in the album. Just have to find where it's located. Okay. Okay. So in 2019, this is articles from last October. 2019 was last year data from that point in time. 81% of the world's energy supply came from fossil fuels, according to the IEA, International Energy Agency. International energy Agency. Even if all nations were fulfilled their current climate promises, the IAEA estimates that fossil fuel use would still make up 73% by 2040. So again, even if all these drastic climate change policies, cutting, cutting uh, non-renewable energy, um, making people use less energy, it's still going to, fossil fuels still make up 73% by 2040. 73%! Okay, so how can this be possible when headlines constantly trump up the future of solar and wind? Quote, partly it's that renewables produce mostly electricity, which is only 19% of all the energy the world consumes. The rest is used for things like heating, transportation, and the production of goods like steel and fertilizer. So again, you need energy to live. It's not just like you only use energy to dr drive around in your diesel truck, okay? Now, let, this article is from July. Let's continue from the journal again. Let's go to the numbers. Fossil energy accounted for 82% of global energy consumption last year, down from 85% in 2016. So fossil fuels are headed to zero, right? No. Total energy consumption is growing. Last year, it dumped a wallowing, walloping 5.8%. So again, total energy consumption jumped 5.8% last year. The biggest increase ever, including a 2.6% increase in renewables and a 5.7% increase in coal. So again, the demand for energy will keep growing as, as we said, people rise out of poverty. Because how do they rise out of poverty? Well, they need energy. They need mm -hmm. uh, energy security. And again, in turn, as they do that, they're going to need to continue to have that, to have a um, comfortable lifestyle, just like the U.S. did during the revolution. Again, these countries are trying to reach the same goal, but the more they do that, the more energy they need and the more they need to continue it. So this whole idea that, like, the demand for energy is going to decrease is just a joke. Let me take a breath here. This has been a great, great talk. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Mr. T's out of breath here. This is the most fun I've been since, since our vindication episode in January 2022. I'm, re I'm ready to go. I've been waiting for this for a while. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into what the U.S. is doing now, right? Okay. So again, they just passed this quote-unquote Inflation Reduction Act. And this whole thing is, again, the quote-unquote green economy. So the U.S. produces only 15% of global greenhouse gas emissions, according to the EPA. Okay. Biden's goals in his new in the new law, okay, would only have reduced annual emissions by 2.5 billion tons by 2030, so eight years from now. That would barely offset the global rise in emissions between 2014 and 2018. So again, even if the U.S. does these goals, part of the goals that are pr proposed, it's gonna just it's gonna stay it's gonna stay steady, and that's assuming other countries don't increase their fossil fuel use, which is unlikely because we just talked about that. Mm -hmm. They need energy. They're only going to need more as they rise out of poverty and tend to rise out of poverty. So, again, and that's – so people can say, oh, we got to do something. You can't just do nothing. Usually that's a pretty good mindset. But, again, if doing something doesn't result in any action, why would you do it when you're only going to hurt your own, uh, own country, own citizens? Again, we're seeing it in Europe right now. I'm going to play you a quote or uh, read you a quote from President Trump. In, 20, in 2018, okay, about German reliance on Russian gas. This is from July 11, 2018. Transcript from the State Department. President Trump says, well, I have to say, I think it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia, where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia, and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And the numerous other countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're protecting you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia, and I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas, end quote. And again, you're seeing that in real time. So everyone, mo most people support Ukraine as they should, right? But why is it, make, why is it, harder, to, why is it harder to support them or, than it should be? Is because of the reliance on Russian gas, which they need to keep their economy going, and they do. 
So again, would you rather it's would you rather have energy come from the US, which has more regulations than other countries, and is homegrown, obviously, or rely on Venezuela dictatorship, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, basically a dictatorship, or Russia dictatorship. What sense does that make? That is is the is the oil from Venezuela less less dirty than the oil from from the U.S. Again, it's it's a joke, but ironically, it's basically more dirty because again, there's less regulations, there's less thing, there's less hoops they have to jump through in Venezuela than in the U.S. And another thing you can ask your climate change friends is if they support fracking. They say, oh, no, fracking, is, fracking is, is dirty. It's not clean. Well, yes, fracking does emit methane, which lasts a lot less longer than carbon dioxide. But let's get to some facts on fracking. I know where this is in the, in the uh, album. Okay. So this comes, this, 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 uh, these stats come from Toby Rice. He's the CEO of e- EQT Core which is America's largest natural gas provider, okay? So, this is from the Wall Street Journal, and we'll link to this article. Quote, one thing I think that people don't understand is how much energy demand there is in the world. And when solar and wind aren't capable of meeting the energy demand, people will turn to the next option, which is coal, he says. Annual emissions from coal are up 500 million tons over pre-pandemic 2019 levels. Quote, to put it in perspective, that completely offsets all the emission reductions we've done from solar and wind here in the U.S. in the last 15 years. Let me say that again. The 500 million tons from annual emissions from coal that, that, that are up since 2019 offsets all the emission reductions from solar and wind in the U.S. in the last 15 years. Okay. The article continues. Chinese power to human generation last year offset all emissions reductions in the rest of the world between 2019 and 2021. So again, China, who also, by the way, emitted more, CO, or emitted more fossil fuels than all the other developed countries combined in 2019, combined. That's going on as we're trying to, again, completely revamp our, our energy system. Okay. So fracking is a, means you're less reliant less reliant on coal, cheaper, reliable, and cleaner, okay? And again, more data here. Natural gas exports that have replaced coal over, over the last five years has commit, contributed more to uh, CO, fossil, fossil fuel emissions than solar, panels, than solar panel contributions from 2005 to 2019. Again, that comes from Toby Wright. So again, five years of natural gas over coal has done more than solar panels over a 14-year time frame. And again, they're, they're just, they, don't have, they don't have the resources for it. They don't have the, um, what's the, for lack of a better word, onboarding. They don't have it, right? I read a article in the spring in California, an issue now is where to put the panels they can't use anymore. They can't really be thrown away. What do you do with them? So again, it's not so, it's not so simple to say, oh, just get a solar panel, get an electric car. Again, they don't have the resources to do this. So not only is it not reliable and not cheap, it doesn't even exist. So you're going to hurt your own country's energy. And again, you're, you're going to keep millions around the world in poverty because they can't heat their homes or using dung or whatever. As we mentioned a few times, for what? To allegedly change a problem that in the history of the world, no one's been able to do anything about because again, it's the climate and humans are greedy and selfish and things like that. Okay. So let me take a break in this post. Any thoughts? I'm sorry. This this is not my pet project or my uh, not pet project. That's a better word for that. Not your passion. We not know, my we passion. know that. Do you still think it's a hoax? Do I think climate change is a hoax? Yeah. I mean, climate change as it's being presented in the media. Yeah. Amen to that. But like, climate changing. Of course it does. It's Amen. changing all the time. So. Another stat here, again, this is about fracking, right, natural gas. So CO, this is from the Wall Street Journal, we'll link to this article as well. CO2 emissions declined by 50% from 2007 to 2019. 50%. There's a 2.5% 2.5%. That's in the U.S. Excuse me. U.S. CO2 emissions declined by 50% from 2007 to 2019. In the U.S., there's a 2.5% reduction in 2019 alone, 15% from coal. So, again, fracking means you're less reliant on coal. Whereas, again, look at what's happening in Europe right now. They relied on Russian gas. Russia was playing hardball with it. And now what's Germany doing because their renewables are failing? They're going back to coal. 
coal, the dirtiest energy out there. That's what they're doing. Okay. Continuing. This Inflation Reduction Act, what does it do? Well, again, you're basically handing the energy over to China because they're going to they're gonna get, we need all electric cars, right? Where do the batteries come from for electric cars? China, lithium, cobalt, nickel. China controls the market on a lot of that, if not all, almost all of that, okay? So again, you're giving them control of the, the energy sector, which as we just talked about is not very smart geopolitically. And not only that, but people are like, oh, like electric cars are, are, are way cleaner. But does mining for lithium not hurt the economy? Now, allegedly, in the long term, electric cars do emit less than gas-powered cars. Okay, maybe that's true. But if time is of the essence, then how can you have this huge boon in emissions while you're mining for lithium 10 times over because you need way more for the transformation, but then say something is quote-unquote carbon-free or carbon-neutral? And that leads us to our next point. There's no such thing as carbon-free, right? Reducing emissions in one area just means you're licensed more to use emissions in another area, okay? There's no such thing as, as, as carbon-free. Zero emissions. Exactly. And we just talked about it, right? So you buy an electric car, mining for the lithium takes energy. Charging the car takes energy. You need to plug it in. So again, what are we talking about? Again, even if the, it is true that the electric car uses less long-term than the gas-powered car, how is that 60 years down the road? Well, allegedly the world's going to end by then. <laughs> so what are we talking what about? What are we doing? Again, and are you really saying it's okay to have this huge boon in, in, in fossil fuel emissions to mine for electric cars, but then, again, 40, 50, 60 years down the road, it's just going to be worth it? What are you talking about? And perhaps the last point is, before we get to some picks here and just kind of take a general breath, is this whole idea that it's an existential threat assumes that people aren't going to adapt to what's going on. People will adapt to the changing climate, and the, the economy is going to grow so it pays for itself. Okay, There's a great, great scientist out there, Bjorn Lomberg. Okay? He's a Danish author, former director of the Danish government's Environmental Assessment Institute. He has excellent work in the Wall Street Journal, other publications like that. Right. So basically, I'm gonna, this graph might be our, uh, our cover photo today, but the global weather losses as a percent of GDP over the last GDP over the last 30 years has gone down. The curve has gone down. Again, even even though the climate is changing and the temperature will rise and things like that, the growth in the the growth in the economy is going to more than offset the increases in climate change and the potential damages from climate change as well because again the economy is going to keep growing. But again, not to belabor the point, but how does the economy grow with energy security? And mobilization that allows you to move up and have a comfortable lifestyle so that you can afford to pay for the effects of climate change. Comes full circle in this post. It does. Another thing Bjorn Lomberg points out is basically again the the um, myth that like things are so much worse nowadays with natural disasters, right? Like your your odds of dying from natural disaster are a lot lower today than they were hundred years ago. Because, again, people have adapted. They're, they've adapted to flood risk. They've adapted to hurricane risk, right. fire risk, things like that. They don't just stay stagnant. Or buildings are made more secure. Those, you know, homes near, you know, hurricane waters, they're going to be built different than my home. And that's going to be hit by a snowstorm or a tornado, you know. Exactly. We're, we, we've been through stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so, and another thing, too along those same lines is more people in, in the U.S. die from heat than cold, but around the world it's not even close. So heat deaths make up about 1% of global deaths a year, almost 600,000 deaths. But cold cold kills eight times as many people, totaling 4.5 million deaths annually. So as temperatures have risen since 2000, heat deaths have increased 0.21%, while cold deaths have dropped 0.51%. So again, cold accounts for more deaths than heat. So global warming is actually saving more lives worldwide. <laughs> global warming saves lives. Exactly. You heard it. You heard it. Here. And again, they'll say this from Bruno Lumber again. They say global heat deaths have gone up by 54 percent among old people in the past twenty years, but that's because there's more, more people around. Mm -hmm. People live longer nowadays. Why? Because again, economic right. security, energy mm -hmm. security, political security, all of right. it, right. all of these things that you want. My boy Tucker Carlson said it best. Country stability relies on food, water, energy. Mm -hmm. So again, Africa wants to build up their energy so they, they can have political stability, which again leads economic stability, 
comfort living longer so they don't die from burning wood, as we said four times now. Sorry, Adam, deal with it. So again, as I said earlier, less people die from climate disasters nowadays than 100 years ago. And the population is a lot bigger. Again, real number again here. This, this is from um, November 2021, uh, November 3rd. So at that time, 5,500 people have died from climate-related disasters in 2021. Using previous year's data, the total will be about 6,600 by the end of that year. Okay, that's almost 99% less than the death toll a century ago. So almost 100% less. Meanwhile, the global population has quadrupled since then. Quadrupled. So it's even a bigger drop. So again, the idea that people just aren't going to adapt to a changing climate or that the economy is not going to grow to pay for it, it's just absurd. It's just absurd. Okay. Well, people forget, too, that there, every statistic has its context. Amen. You know? and you, Amen. You have to peel back the layers of the onion to, to reveal what is actually being said in every statistic. Or, like, someone can cherry-pick the data that they want, and they can reveal something. So... If you hear something, be a conscious listener. Think about what you're hearing. Do research yourself. You are not just an innocent or um, you're not just a sponge to what you hear. You can squeeze the sponge out again. Exactly. Sorry, I've said too many random things. <laughs> do, just like with COVID, what would, we do, what would we do without experts? Right. No, I know we've said a lot of stats and, and I tried to go in order here and, and, be, and be solid, but again, Let's review. Okay, so number one, climate is changing. What does that mean? And what can be done about it? Okay. A, the man, people who cause the problem, or, you know, humans, can't just all, all of a sudden fix it. Just like we couldn't fix anything in the world because we're sinful. So that's number one. Okay. Or letter A. Letter B, no such thing as carbon neutral. Right, reducing fossil fuel use in one area leads to increased use in another area. Okay, letter C, along those same lines, I should say, electric cars, things like that, require electricity from lithium, nickel, cobalt, plugging in the car to charge, things like that. So, again, no such thing as a carbon zero activity. Four, the again, quote unquote, green economy is neither cheap, reliable, or affordable. Another point to add here that so, again, this Inflation Reduction Act gives tax credits for electric cars. So what the companies do? Raise the prices by the amount of the tax credit. You know, all these companies, for they're like, oh, we're, we support fighting, fighting uh, climate change. That's why we're, we're investing in, in electric cars. But what do they do it with? Government subsidies. Because why? No one's going to pay for it themselves, nor can anybody, because they can't afford them. And they don't even, there's not enough product of it. Okay? So they basically, they use the sale of gas-powered cars to make the electric cars that no one can afford. Again, the tax credit, they raise the price of electric cars by the tax credit, so that it's still the same price. But again, even if everybody did buy an electric car, there's not even enough resources or um, grid to do that. Nor will it make a difference anyway, because China and India, again, will be talked about. Again, and think about fracking, nuclear, things like that, that reduce coal emissions, which are the dirtiest of all, that has reduced CO2 emissions in the U.S., fracking has again we said 50 percent from 2007 2019 50 percent and ultimately poor countries need energy to grow their economies which again will save a lot of lives a healthy economy saves thousands and thousands of lives every single year because again they live longer they're healthier they have more resources they can use they have energy they can use that's not as dangerous as again burning wood and Poverty kills many million more people than climate change does. So how do you get out of poverty? We already listed it. Let's review. Energy security, political security, economic security. There it is. Simple. Simple. Not simple to fix. And as we found out with COVID, there's never only one issue that is most important. There's never an issue that you can say you have to do this at all costs, Mm -hmm. right? Zero COVID, allegedly, at what cost? Saving the planet, allegedly, at what cost? Relying on Russian, relying on Russia for your energy, relying on Saudi Arabia for your gas, um, killing your children with by burning wood because you you're you're not going to get, you can't get an air conditioner or you can't get heat for your home. Perfect example of this is the summer of Britain's big heat wave, right? End of the world, three thousand year heat wave. 
Okay, but do they have air conditioning? If not, why? Wouldn't getting reliable air conditioning be the way to prevent issues from the heat wave that's going to end the world? So that would make sense. But no, all the talk was like, oh, we have to, we have to stop climate change. A lot more I can say on that. Another thing I wanted to say is, again, the great Holman Jenkins, Wall Street Journal, Holman Jenkins, he's the man. Uh, basically, last year in September, wrote a couple op-eds about this. So the UN government panel that always says that the doomsday reports basically last year lopped. Um, they said the most likely warming was going to be between 2 and 4 degrees. And it's 1.1 now. So they, uh, let's, let's pull up that, that screenshot, actually, to make sure I quote it correctly. Okay. So again, a lot of good stuff in here. Just trying to find this. Miss Post, mm -hmm. tell us what you're feeling right now. What I'm feeling. Am I firing you up about climate change? Oh, I was going to say, I feel tired. <laughs> I know, we're almost done with this. Thank you, though. <laughs> Just trying to get to the... Uh, well, here's another thing while I'm looking for this. So again, the Inflation Reduction Act, they're talking about um, its emission reductions but is really going to do anything to actually change the climate trajectory, right? So if you, if you use the climate model that the UN uses, which is pretty flawed anyway, but if you use it, and let's say the U.S. reaches its emissions goal from that recent bill, okay, it'll, it'll, cut, it'll cut the global temperature, ready for this, by 0. .0009 degrees Fahrenheit at the end of the century. 0009! Okay. End of the century! And that's assuming that the laws emissions reduction end when its funding does after 2030, okay? Even if you assume that they'll be sustained through 2100, again, very unlikely for 80 years, the impact will be 0.028 degrees Fahrenheit. That says it all right there. The major historic investment in the green economy, 0.028, probably 0.0009, okay? Again, sea level, same thing. The waters will be somewhere between 0.006 and 0.08 inches lower than they would have been. And again, that's assuming it goes all the way to 2100. Okay, so again, you think about all this money we're pouring in and trying to hurt our own consumers by higher energy prices, higher car prices, things like that, higher gas prices because we gave up our independence of energy. For what? For what? And that, my friends, is the exact progressive mindset, doing nothing, hurting others, and then virtue signaling about it. That's, I should, we should have said that and walked off the set, Miss Post. <laughs> That's all we needed to say. So as I look for this data, here's more data about the burning wood, okay? About 10% of the world's population currently doesn't even have electricity. And a third still cooked with stoves that use wood, coal, crop waste, or dung, which kill millions each year. Gas-fired stoves would be a huge upgrade, but that would upset rich world climate alarmists. To keep the world from warming more than 1.5 degrees Celsius, global energy consumption has to fall 7% over the next decade, according to the IEA. That means no air conditioning in your car for sub-Saharan Africa. A solar farm the size of the world's current largest solar park would have to be installed roughly every day. And that's to get the consumption to fall that much, which would have to happen to keep only 1.5 degrees Celsius. Or more than that, I should say. And again, what would that do? Also reduce farmland. Just like this post, we pass windmills when we're driving, what do we say? How many birds are dying? Mm -hmm. How much land? What, what pollution occurred when you were building the windmills on that land? Right? right? Carbon neutral? Right. Allegedly. Miss Post, while I'm doing this, why don't you make some picks for us here? Uh, so let's start Brown Steelers in that. Who do you like in that one? Oh, I believe I have the Steelers on that. Yeah, you guys are not picking the Browns, obviously. And Steelers look pretty rough in week two, but I mean, Browns have Brissette. Come on. Steelers all day. But not watching. I've been watching college football. And I was, I'm not going to stream. I did stream the game last week. There's no college football on. But tomorrow I'm watching college football over the Brown Steelers because A, it's the Browns, and B, not a big streaming guy. I got to be able to flip around when uh, when I'm watching the game, man. All right, let's continue here. Huge game is post. Bills Dolphins. Bills Dolphins in Miami. Miami 2 0. Great comeback against the Ravens. Bills 2 0. Look great so far. I'm taking the Bills. Uh, Dolphins, I do like. They have a good team. I call it a preseason. I think their coach is a clown, but again, I think they'll have some fool's gold. Bills are too good. They're giving the Bills all day. Got the Bills as well. I've picked them to be winning it all, I believe. Right? Uh, I think you said Bills Packers, didn't you? I yeah. think you did. Yeah. I think yeah. you did. So, you know, I got to root for them. 
continually here. 2-0. and It's a good start for them. Good start for me. Who's in first right now in this post? Well, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it is Mr. T. got to enjoy every week on first. It probably won't last very long. Okay, let's go to uh, Ravens-Pats. Ravens-Pats, Pats, big win at Pittsburgh. Shout out to Adam for calling that. Great call by him. Uh, Ravens blew a 21 point lead against Miami. Who you liking that one, Miss Post? I got Ravens on this one. I just don't think Patriots can do it. Yeah, Patriots offense looked pretty rough, and Ravens defense did as well, but I think Ravens will score. I mean, again, obvious point here. Ravens will score more than the Pats, so they'll win. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Packers at Bucks. Packers at Bucks in in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, I said that wrong. Packers at Bucks in Tampa, obviously. Brady versus Rodgers, great matchup. Must see TV. Who do you like in that one? I got Bucks for this one. That home advantage. Bucks at home. Both teams have some injuries and have looked rough at times this year so far. But uh, Bucks without Mike Evans for fighting, that's a big loss. But I might get Godwin and Julio Jones back. I think the Bucks O line is good enough though that they will mm-hmm. they'll be more physical up front. I think the Bucks will win. Sunday night, big game, Niners at Broncos. Uh, Broncos have looked rough so far, especially on offense. Niners, Jimmy G is back. That gives me a lot more confidence in them because they actually have him at quarterback. He gets no love, but he's hell of a record as a starter. Tough game, though, in Denver. Usually go home team, but I'm going Niners on the road. Niners. Yeah, go with the home team for this one. I like a different missed post. That's awesome. That's awesome. Monday night, huge game. I First time in five years, I said, how about them Cowboys? I, you know, I don't know why – New quarterback for a few weeks. I'm 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 embracing my cowboy fandom. I just want to be relevant enough. They're always on TV every week. If I ever go with an antenna, I need to be able to know they're going to be on. So Cowboys at Giants. Giants two and zero surprisingly eked out two wins. I think they're very overrated. But New York teams any success and they're all of a sudden the best thing ever. So uh, I I don't I'm not confident in Dallas, but I can't pick a team I'm going to root against when it's that much of a toss up game. So I'm going with the Cowboys to win. I don't play favorites here, so I'm going with Giants. Why ever do that to her bangles? Actually, I would. But anyway, that's fair. Well, we have two differences here. I like that. Mm-hmm. Two, right? Yeah, because we, we got Steelers, uh, Bills, um, Ravens. All right, Miss Post, we'll see you next week then. Back here to the data. Thank you all for the little pause. So I just want to confirm what I said earlier about the, the UN uh, uh, report. So they, they basically lowered the worst-case scenario. It used to be 6.1 degrees above... Uh, pre-industrial levels now they said it's the worst case effect of a doubling of co2 might be four degrees but now the best estimate is um of the quote-unquote transient climate response this century is 2.7 degrees 2.7 degrees or 1.6 degrees on top of the warming already experienced since the start of the industrial age okay so that's again they've already lowered the doomsday estimate but that's not talked about because alarmism as this post said very good. I'm trying to get to this thing that talked about uh, m- more of the reduction, what it'll do, but we've we've talked a lot about that, I know. Oh, just the increase in energy, how much energy they'll need and things like that. But we've said a lot about that. So, uh, like we said, I mean, fracking reduces coal emissions, which are the dirtiest. Nuclear, obviously, is a lot cleaner. So, if, if it's such an existential threat... Why don't you support nuclear? You think it'd be worth the risk of, of a nuclear disaster if it's if it's gonna end humanity in, in according to AOC 12 years. And one thing you can't forget that we didn't even talk about is the green economy is a huge lobby. They make billions and billions of dollars selling this this uh, selling this agenda, right? People act like the, the politicians for that support the green economy are so noble and virtuous. Again, they're making billions off the green lobby that's also making billions. So again, shocking that someone has an agenda on their uh, on their virtuous virtuous claim. But thanks for listening. I know it's kind of back and forth, but I got a lot of thoughts out there. So I hope you just get the main takeaways again. No such thing as carbon neutral. Emissions have declined in the US thanks to fracking. If it's that big of a concern, you'd go nuclear. Uh Poor countries need energy, reliable energy. It's not that's not what the green economy is. And electric cars uh, are basically the energy's mined in China, and that also the mining of that produces emissions. So think about that. And of course, as I learned during COVID, 
climate change can easily easily be shoved aside for things like disposable masks and styrofoam disposables. Think about all the styrofoam trays our school used when we had to eat lunch in the classroom every single day. Trays? Because, yeah. Trays? Styrofoam trays or styrofoam boxes for the food. Every meal? Well, whenever kids got school lunch, yeah. Y'all didn't use dishes? No, because they couldn't, they, they, they had to take it and what? go. They couldn't, I don't know, I don't know why they didn't use dishes, but yeah. I'm sorry, so, I'm flabbergasted, I didn't know Yeah, that. so think about, I mean, let's just say half the kids, so I had 20, you, 22, yeah, this year we are, 22 last year, 12 the year before, so let's just say 17, okay, 17 kids, half them by 9 times, 9 times 180, mm-hmm. what is that, um, 18 times 9 is 160, so 1,620, is that right, Dr. Scholl would know, 180 times 9. Yeah, right, 1,620, as I said. So, again, think about, and that's just only one class. So think about all those styrofoam trays that are being thrown the, away. At least two classes per grade level. Right. All and that's s- just elementary, one school. Exactly. Our undisclosed location has over 10 elementary schools in it. Exactly. So think about all the waste that occurred in the name of preventing COVID. And, 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 and not, again, not that eating comes from a surface anyway. Single use, exactly. Yeah. Mass, exactly. Yeah. Right. So the... Uh, the good masks are actually single-use, by the way. So, just putting that out there. Well, true, but there also would be the, not even the, the surgical kind. It would be the N95. That's right. Single, also single-use. Single single You're right. Great point. Use. Great point. Thank you. But that's what yeah. they're pushing, so. Amen. Amen. Well, that sums it up right there. Great way to end. A lot of, I know a lot of repeating tonight, but I had to make sure we hit all the points. And thanks for listening. Send this to your friend. This is a great pod. This, this, is, this is just fire. Now you're prepared to take on a climate change lib. They're the worst kind of libs. They've they've always been above the social justice warriors and the corona bros. Take them out. Take them out. Ask them. Do you support nuclear? What's carbon neutral mean? What is the green economy? Again, ask them to define these terms that no one knows, like environmental justice or white supremacy. That's always one you need to ask them what what they can define. What is a woman? What a great boy, Miss Post. Excellent. Any parting thoughts, Miss Post? Uh... Stay safe in this climate change weather that's going on around the world. We're all in this together. Enjoy your first day of fall whenever you hear this. We're going to talk about Martha's Vineyard next week as well, so come ready for that. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye.